Welcome to the Battleground Wisconsin. My name is Matt Brusky, and I'm the Deputy Director here at Citizen Action. Welcome to another gorgeous, I guess it's still fall, technically, although we are about to slip into winter here, folks. Uh, the deep the deep cold is coming next week, as well it should. Uh, and I am very happy to have with us Robert Craig, who is our Executive Director here, and he is the furthest thing from the deep cold. He's uh, coming to us today from Arizona Robert, how are you? Uh, good morning, everyone. I hear Wisconsin's nice for now, but by the time I get back, it will be the deep <laughs> freeze. Um, I, I was here for People's Action Board Retreat, but when I saw this scheduled in December and I give uh, vacation time away, you can't roll it all over every year, I couldn't resist scheduling extra time and going hiking, which I never done in the desert. But it was 80 here yesterday, folks, but not trying to make yeah. you feel bad. It sounds like we have beautiful fall weather, at least oh, this week. Robert, 50s, 50s the next couple of days. It's going to be gorgeous. Folks take advantage of it. Although by the time you listen to this, it may already be coming to a close. Robert, you, so you you let it slip with our listeners that you're at the People's Action uh, Board. Is there any uh, nugget coming out of the board or something of great interest, particularly as we are wrapping up 2023? We had our annual meeting last week. Great meeting. Thank you to all the members who showed up to that, by the way. Uh, and we're diving headlong into 2024. Any little nugget for our listeners about 2024 that um, you've learned or that you'd like to pass on from this um, from this gathering? I can uh, I can. You know, while maintaining the uh, agreed to cone of confidentiality um, or whatever you want to call it, tell you some topics that, of course, will be indicative without giving you conclusions. How the frick we are going to actually win 2024 with our base demoralized and a real threat of dictatorship looming. Uh, so what we all need to do and how the con we need to understand the consequences, but that's not enough. This is me saying it. This is Robert conclusions. Uh, we need also to make democracy credible to people that can deliver on the big issues and improving people's lives. That's a double threat. So how to do that, how to, quite frankly, since most of the money goes to kind of fast food, throwaway politics where billions, billions now of dollars are burned and nothing is left behind in terms of power, how groups that actually build permanent power with the only base of that can be organized people, um, how we get the resources to build that and then have it after the election, because there can be an election crisis over the result. And then, of course, a huge crisis if it's the wrong results that we like we haven't seen in this country since the Civil War. Well, Robert, that makes a lot of sense uh, to to me. And let me just further down, double down on sort of what this actually means in real terms to what Robert's saying is, folks, it is unclear, despite what we face in, in, in it, heading into the 2024 elections, the kind of resources that we'd normally expect and, and need for organizing and for the kind of work we do, uh, it's unclear Uh where that money is fully coming from across the board. There there will be significant resources flowing into Wisconsin. There's no doubt about that. We'll be like a top three state, top five state for that because of the presidential. But a lot of that is just going to flow in for polling and ads and, and, and things directly related to that. It will go to groups that do very explicitly political work. Many of them, some will talk about 
organizing, but they fundamentally do, you know, electoral politics, democratic electoral politics. So that being said, it's not to despair because we're prepared and we have been preparing with you for over a year. We have been permanently in the field doing uh, the kind of work and building this muscle out with our staff, with volunteers. We have made tens of thousands of calls this year, both in spring elections, budget, Badger Care public option campaign that we are still immersed in. We'll be making calls again Monday night. And we've had a permanent field operation in Eau Claire, and we're planning on expanding that. We are prepared. We have been preparing for this problem for years, quite frankly. And we need to invest in each other. We need you to get involved. I need you. I need you all to to get involved in our co-ops, to join. We are going to be all over this election, both spring elections, fall elections, winning and defending our democracy. There are huge opportunities in spite of what's going on, but we need you all. So I'm going to ask that you um, consider and join a co-op. If you're not one of our co-ops, if you're not a member of Citizen Action, you need to join today. I'm, there is a link that's going to be in the text to join. You need to join. We are preparing. We are ready for battle. And that's what this is going to be. And it's going to be a battle waged with voters talking to voters. And that's how we're going to win this. It ain't going to be with millions and millions of TV ads. They're coming, folks. But that's not going to make the difference. Robert, thank you for setting setting this up by that. And that I'm just thrilled to be part of a national network that's preparing for what's really at stake and understanding where we're at. Well, Robert, while you've been gone, uh, there's been some big news here in the state. We're going to get right to it. Um, major uh, ruling this week out of a court state ju uh, judge here, uh, essentially making clarifying that the, what is it, uh, 1849 bit law is not does not apply and that abortion is actually legal statewide here in Wisconsin. Robert, I know you've been tracking this. This is significant. It's absolutely huge. We're leading off with it because it's just it's one of the fundamental rights that has uh, been a f uh, essentially removed uh, with the radical uh, Supreme Court. Robert. So this is fascinating. Um, it's amazing how quickly Republicans immediately embraced the 1849 law and imposed a draconian abortion ban written at a time before modern medical science and before women could vote or serve in office and where we didn't understand reproductive health very much at all. And they just embraced it because this is what we our mantra, the current modern authoritarian leaning GOP actually will grab any piece of power and use it to its maximum to achieve its ends and it, and will maximize that to the extreme. And so now you have a judge looking at the actual precedent and looking what a, a previous Supreme Court decision, surprise, surprise, said about the difference between abortion, which is consensual. In other words, a woman deciding to end a pre pregnancy almost always in consultation with medical professionals, right? Um, versus feticide, which is trying to trying to deliberately kill um, an unborn fetus, which, in other words, you can be charged if you deliberately, you know, da you know let's say you you beat a pregnant woman deliberately to harm the to, to harm harm the harm the um, the fetus, and so that that and so 
She has made the distinction, said the 1849 abortion law was never intended to ban consensual abortion. And that's the distinction that the president made. Why didn't we ever hear this from the media or anyone? Because our whole system of democracy is broken and you got one side where there's no, all norms and there aren't judges. They're just uh, politicians in robes claiming to be judges and being hypocritical enough to claim that the real judges aren't judges. Well, Robert, you said something when you were describing what was happening here that helps explain our next topic. Because uh, it, it, it's 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 this whole idea of we will take and grab anything, any law that allows us to have power and use it. Robert, the second big issue I wanted to talk with you about this week was the insane, like just, cl- this is so classic Republican uh, uh, right here in Wisconsin, this proposal to abolish the election commission. By the way, less than a year out of an election, <laughs> we're going to just abolish the election commission, which is functioning, which by the way, they created. <laughs> This was created by them and give the duties to the secretary of state, which they just wanted to get rid of a few years ago. And they currently have it. That office is narrowly defined as possible to the point where Sarah uh, Goodlewski came on our show and told us about, you know, the kinds of things that go on, you know, in terms of the way that office is treated. But Robert, the classic thing about this legislation was it doesn't really give the duties to the secretary of state. She was the secretary of state was going to be ruthlessly under the control of the legislature. Whoa, what a shock, Robert. This is the same thing, right? This is power being exercised it on the surface and kudos to governor Evers. He's like, there's no problem with how our elections are administered in the state. And no, we're just not going to do that. Absolutely not. Robert. I mean, if one, if one, knows the history of these things go if you one can think back 30 years or wants to read up on it it would give you whipflash and the (laughs) learning as you pointed out matt is that the modern gop turns on a dime because it has no fixed principles it only has power and therefore what thing will advance their power changes right they're just instruments just tools if the if the if the screwdriver won't work now i'm against screwdrivers and i'm for hammers so here's the 30-year history. Secretary of State, like other states, elected office in Wisconsin, used to control elections. And I know we're getting to break, so I will pause probably in the middle of this and continue. But we used uh, Secretary of State. Then Tommy Thompson didn't like that because we had very progressive Secretaries of State that maximized voting rights. And so he started with the legislature greatly restricting our secretary of state, where it's not even what it used to be. It's like you wonder why we even have the office. It's its duties are so narrow. And so and and then and well, we'll get to the next stages. So first of all, we have a switch on secretary of state. I will will go to break, Matt, and then I will get to the switch on the election commission and, and the whip flash on that one. There's like multiple whip flashes. It's a double double hit in the accident. Folks, you're listening to the Battleground Wisconsin. We're Citizen Action. You can find us at citizenactionwi.org. Welcome back to the Battleground Wisconsin. Robert, I think you just whiplashed yourself in the face. Continue. Oh, I was just saying the the whiplash (laughs) over there. Flip-flop over Secretary of State. Now, 
they want one like other secretaries of state. Um, but then on elections, they had produced something called the Government Accountability Board. Ultimately, it had previous iterations. It was John Erpenbach who has drafted uh, the, gab. the term gab. <laughs> but the gab had serious investigative capacity and was made up of former judges of both parties when you had judges from both parties. Now, I, Robert, I believe we might have even been investigated once by the gab. <laughs> uh, we, yeah. Over an email or something. They were real. We, they were legit. They'd investigate we had, here, Well, they, and they were serious. You can't send email fundraising appeals to state emails. But the, the, in our case, the question was, what if the person signed up in our online system with a state email or we now? And so we actually, after much work with them, established a system for looking for them occasionally and pulling them out. So but Robert, that, that that's a compromise. It's a perfect yeah. example of accountability, right? They came in. Yeah. There was a law. Listeners, did you hear that? It wasn't like this wasn't about finding ways to slip millions of dollars to someone. This was literally just having emails that have education, ED, especially back when emails were the thing. Um, and and they did an investigation, right? They heard what we were doing. There was no, no fraudulent thing, but made sure the law was being enforced, right? They were very serious. And the current situation, as Robert's going to go on, was set up to have none of that, to have everything lead to gridlock. In fact, in fact they sent in a pair of retired election clerks who do everything and were charming. And we learned a ton of they shit from them and enjoyed talking to them. So we, well, we learned a little bit about the law and how to follow it, too. It's that, uh, anyways, yeah. frustrating. That and that's so um, but the gab, which really did was bipartisan in terms of all of these judges from both that were both all the political persuasions both major ones um they investigated scott walker because well because he had flagrantly violated election laws the lawless conservative state supreme court then changed the constitution and the law to protect him and 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 uh so they got rid of that in retribution for undermining their power when their standard bearer, Scott Walker, had violated the law as everyone else knew it until it was changed by a court, not by a legislature, by their court. So, and it was their court. So they created the Wisconsin Election Commission, which is designed like the Federal Election Commission for gridlock, three partisan appointees, so it's supposed not to function very well. The problem was it wasn't advanced enough to the modern time of actually stealing elections. It would certainly prevent any bold action that would change elections, open them up more without legislation. So it was a good gridlock mechanism, right, Matt? But it wasn't very good with that system at, say, stealing the election in 2020, which was the new development within the revolving Republican coalition. So now the WEC is a problem. And Governor Evers is right. There's no, they're there. There's no problem. The fake electors, which we're getting to, have acknowledged that it was all made up and that they'd <laughs> that have to that happened this week, by the way, Rob. Yeah, we're going. Yes, it's we'll great. get to that. But <laughs> that we're going to have to get rid of the WEC and why give it? And we have the cover that we're giving it to a Democratic Secretary of State. Well, why would you do that? Who they you would do that immensely. probably? Because then you have the potential in the future to just take over that office like they did the state Supreme Court. And perhaps they think that they can um, create a whole lot more public reaction 
in 2024 that somehow Godlewski stole the election. So they're setting her up. Robert, it's ridiculous. Their right wing message. It's ridiculous. The the legislation itself says that the legislature is going to basically have oversight of the second. So they're there. The idea that the secretary of state has any role is 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 nonsense, Uh, folks. All that sounds really bad. Let me just give you the upside on this. Fortunately, this is the sort of policy or the political part of it. The folks who actually do the work behind the scenes for all of this stuff, whether it be our um, tracking, lobbying, what's going on, uh, following uh, the, the campaign finance reports are fantastic people at the state. I deal with them. I, in fact, I dealt with Richard, who's been there over 30 years, works for the state, work for Gab, work for whoever, whatever alphabet soup they create. Let me just assure you, there are some incredibly qualified professional people who work at these institutions who are probably besieged, waylaid. And I'm amazed Richard is still there, but um, they do incredible professional job of making sure there's as much transparency possible under the law. And understanding that it's about sunshine and it's about making sure that people are doing their best to follow the law and, you know, show where the money's going. So I do want to say as effed up as the political side of this has been, we are fortunate that there are still civil servants every day who get up and go do their jobs in this state, both (laughs) in the election commission and a whole bunch of other places. We haven't even talked about the, what's been going on with educators this week. It's there's, you know, just salute to all of you who continue to make this um, this state and everything function in spite of how messed up the politics is. Robert, I, there I would is, just add to, yeah. to your point, Matt. The attack on and the on the civil service is partly the attack on democracy and the absolute defamation and uh, harassment of Megan Wolf is an example. Of oh, that. yes, it's look, folks. It's the goal here. There's two things. One, it's to drive out good civil service. It's it's to drive out Megan Wolf's. It's to drive out Richards at the Election Commission. It's to drive those people out to make things so shitty that they go. And we don't have people like that in them. And we have people who are just like trying to swim. Um, look, here's the other thing. And this is all of what Robert's been talking about in this division and what is going on right now with the powers that be. John Nichols this week has the most amazing quote. Um, It's in the examiner and it's about how (laughs) this crazy story where the right wing started to think that John Nichols was behind um, the January 6th insurrection on behalf of the deep state, because there was somebody at the insurrection who looked like John Nichols. Um, Obviously folks, it's not true, but in a article this week talking about that, he nails it, nails what all this is about. Robert, you often talk about the real powers behind all this. It is the economic and political elites who run this country, have run it forever, and often get us all confused, right? John Nichols says, when your rivals are demonized, it's easier to dismiss their ideas. That's the real danger. Conspiracy theories, fake news, propaganda, it is all designed to lock in division that only benefits the economic and political elites that fear the prospect that broad coalitions of Americans might demand fundamental and necessary change. Spot on, folks. And it's that last part that is our work. That's our job. That demands us. It's not a spectator sport, folks. 
We have to build broad coalitions of Americans. We have to get out and talk to people. That takes work, communication, building. That's why we're trying to build membership, build our co-ops, get more people who are willing to go out and have these conversations to build that broader we, to build the America we need that can actually not be divided and take on these economic and political elites that John Nichols rightly calls out. Robert, you got the last word on this before we go to break. And I know we're going to talk about another member of that politi- of that economic elite class in, in the next segment, I think, or a future segment here today. So I will say that other than to say, as I like to say, it's the Wizard of Oz, folks. It, really, the wicked. If you're just worried about the wicked witch of the of the West, you're missing it. It's that little man behind the curtain who has no power once you pull the curtain back and see what's happening. These are the people. They are white men still. Little white men behind the curtains, actually doing all this stuff. Uh, Robin Voss is just the instrument. He's not the. He's he's not. He didn't generate it. He's not the real power. Yeah, don't forget that, folks. And. Robin Voss, in my estimation, is has been very skilled at what he does. But Robert's right. He's doing it on behalf of these elites, and we should never, ever, ever forget that. Folks, you're listening to the Battleground Wisconsin. We're Citizen Action. You can find us at citizenactionwi.org. Not only can you find us there, that's where you can go and sign up, become a member. And you do that by either making a donation to us and joining one of our co-ops, Or we have a way, you don't have to be a dues-paying member. If you want to sign up as a member of one of our co-ops, we have a non-dues-paying option. We need you. We need everybody in this movement, folks. Join Citizen Action. Welcome back to the Battleground Wisconsin. Again, joined by Robert Craig. Robert um, we have been talking, we, we hinted at the fake electors this week, um, but I just want to make sure we repoint that out because we just finished this whole conversation about abolishing the election commission, da, 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 oh, our elections, these uh, fake electors folks that we have been just quite frankly frustrated that they have not been prosecuted uh, more effectively. Um, but We'll take this as a little solace. Robert, um, yesterday, in fact, they acknowledged as a part of a uh, lawsuit uh, that Biden did win the election and that their actions helped possibly, not possibly, played a direct role in an effort to overturn the election. Robert, that's it's at least uh, amazing that that came out the same week that um, uh, the other elites are trying to get rid of our election commission in the name of all of this nonsense. It just shows the importance of civil law, which just for the deeper history folks is the English common law that precedes our criminal justice code. And we actually have two parallel legal systems. We don't think of it that way, but we do. And the trial lawyers you see TV ads for those, they're operating within the civil law system and those precedents, not the not generally speaking, the criminal law uh, system. And so civil law stepped in uh, in the sense that they were sued for a great deal of money for what they did and what the consequences and implications were of attempting to steal uh, the 2020 election and to avoid legal and um, specifically monetary liability, they've signed a statement indicating that 
they shouldn't have done it, that they uh, that it was that it undermined the election and they disavowed it and they were lied to. Now, not only does does that, first of all, watch uh, Sean Hannity, uh, you know, uh, Jesse Waters and their lesser lights and in Milwaukee talk right wing talk radio uh, who want to be on Fox News. Uh, will will find a way either not to talk about it or completely turn around or say that somehow they have uh, been tortured into it and they're hostage videos or something. But the fact is, even hardcore Republicans, when put to it, won't stand up for the principle because they know it's a lie. And I will just say this, civil law judgments can be used in criminal law. These will come up in the prosecution of Donald Trump. And the and settlements with any other electors uh, of the fake electors, the other battleground states will as well. So let's I don't know, we should maybe take we need there's like there should be a political book like there are sports books. Take bets on whether Republicans even acknowledge that this happened historically and that their party, including a former party chair, was a part of it and a. And a, and a Wisconsin election commission commissioner, and that this and that they actually turned on a dime and admitted that they were lying and the whole thing was a fraud on the Wisconsin voters and the American people. Well, folks, we have um, we have an election next year that many people haven't heard much about. You know why? Because this senator has turned into a powerhouse. She does not seem to have a real opponent, although, and I'm talking about Senator Tammy Baldwin, who's up for election next year. Probably haven't heard much about it because there has just been an absolutely desperate and failed effort by the Republicans to draft a serious opponent. Uh, until yesterday, their top candidate was David Clark, former <laughs> sheriff of Milwaukee, who's Definitely fits in with the magazine. Uh, Robert, we have a new, uh, shall we say, somebody from more of the silk stocking billionaire class, millionaire, billionaire, banker class. Um, Californian Eric Hovde is uh, come back or is planning on coming back from California to take on Senator Baldwin. Robert, why is Mitt Romney Jr. Uh, trying to take on Senator Baldwin in this current state of the Republican Party? What is going on? Let's see if um, he remains Mitt Romney Jr. Mitt Romney is too much of a hero and has too much political courage, given the recent book by McKay Coppins about him. Um, and he's certainly not being Lynn Cheney or some of the other brave uh, former Republicans. So remember we had Tommy Thompson, the MAGA version. So I'm just predicting. Yes. Oh, we might. Robert, don't get me wrong. He's going to try to MAGA himself up. But the reality is a lot of the MAGA folks are legit. Not not the leaders, not the fomenters, the political, the financial elites that Nichols rightly calls out the regular folks. Right. Their work. A lot of those folks do not relate to the. It's why Romney was kicked to the Ashbin. They. There's a populism that Trump tapped into, right, that absolutely, much like folks uh, like us, do not like that capital. They are distrustful of it, right? They tend to have all kinds of other terrible attitudes. But um, that has been the super, super jelly in, in, in addition to racism, right, and just straight up racism and, and all of that. 
And Hovde just does not tap into any of that. He's got a completely invented. It's the same problem Michael's had. They tried to put the guy in a plaid shirt and have him drive a truck and talk about how tough he was. But at the end of the day, he was a rich dude, who had grown up rich. This guy's even, at least that guy could say, man, my business is here in Wisconsin. I, I employ tens of thousands or, you know, thousands of people. This guy's a banker from California. Look, I think Tammy would be hard to beat. Remember, Tammy is for Medicare for all. Tammy is in the progressive end of her caucus. I, I always say that because people make this confusion that some mushy middle makes you more saleable and plausible. It's just not true. And in fact, that is something that is promoted by political leaders who get their money from big economic elite that support democratic interests. OK, it's a myth. I'll point out the most successful politician in, in Wisconsin right now is a very progressive lesbian woman from Madison, none of which would be credentials, according to a lot of the Democratic political establishment, to be a long-term powerhouse U.S. senator from a, a swing state like Wisconsin. No, so having... yes. Don't, Robert, I, I'll never forget when Tammy first announced she was running. There were plenty of naysayers. Oh, progressive lesbian from Madison can't win. These are Democrat, ostensibly Democratic folks saying this and not even close. She's been she's won her elections handily for a swing state. And I predict, I hope I'm wrong, that in competitive congressional races, I hope we have two in Wisconsin. There are two swing districts. We'll be hearing from some Democratic primary candidates how you can't support Medicare for all because you just can't win that way. And uh, it's like, okay, Tammy Baldwin, uh, what are you not noticing? And so having said that, I'm a little more worried about a Hovde. I, I share your assessment of who a Hovde is and the absurdity of it, okay? Granted and agreed. Um, I would say that, first of all, Members of the economic elite can, in MAGA world, be accepted as plausibly MAGA. Look at Trump himself. So I just want to point that out. And it seems since a lot of, and this is at the heart of conservatism historically, it's just gotten even more authoritarian and anti-democratic in the modern context. Uh, conservatives crave order, and therefore they're vulnerable to the idea that a strong man will give them order. Right. And we'll and we'll get their revenge for them and get in line under control all of the people that concern them and scare them. So Donald Trump giving his sanctification to a Hovde will do a lot as absurd and seemingly irrational as that is. And the other thing it, it that then and quite frankly, the other problem is uh, the real problems, the Democratic base around re-election of President Biden and the real divisions. And we need to, Palestine-Gaza is only one of them. Immigration, uh, that the folks do not understand that Biden was, the Republicans are the ones, and, and uh, Trump appointed judges that prevented student debt relief, but all students are focused on is, my debt wasn't relieved and I can't pay my student loans and I can't get a job that can help me pay my student loans, or I'm not going to college because I don't think I can justify taking on six figures of debt as far as what the return will be. All of that is still there. And a lot of what Biden did because of the complexity of our late imperial federal government with all its complexity and, and arcane structures, people don't even know the massive climate investments that are being made because it's not 
clear like in the New Deal where the WPA came out and built things that were all visible and you saw cores of now employed people who are unemployed. It's not visible now. And that's a huge problem. So I do think this, Matt, you're likely right that Hovde can't beat Baldwin. And it could be helpful because Hovde spends enough money to make the Baldwin waste more serious. And that helps reelect Biden in Wisconsin. I think it actually, Look, as long as Tammy isn't in serious threat, actually play to our advantage in 2024. Look, my, I, I share your concerns about the base. Um, and Tammy's vulnerable to all those two, Tammy's. And, 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 and the Israeli-Palestinian situation is definitely included in that. That shit's very real. And, um, you know, all Democratic candidates will have to speak for themselves on that, right? And 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 talk to the base on that in a way that hopefully is effective and gets them out. Um, but that being said, um, I agree with you. I When I say this, I don't say this to me. We're a swing state. It's going to be close at some level. So he'll whoever wins the Republican primary will immediately be taken seriously at some level. I just think it's the perfect candidate for us to run against. Um, and I think it speaks to, as you said, we need to have higher expectations for the kind of candidates we should be trying to elect in primaries across the state. Uh, because it is those core progressive values that actually inspires. They're broadly popular. We just... We often don't have access to the resources and the financial elites to get them over, make them serious candidates. So when we get an opportunity, for example, in a congressional primary and there's differences in candidates, if one of them is more progressive and populist and aligned with our vision of what the world should be, we need to help get them elected because they ain't going to have the most resources. There'll be a Democrat better connected to power that will. That requires us. So we're going to take a break. We're going to talk more about that as it relates to the 3rd Congressional District after this break. You're listening to the Battleground Wisconsin. Welcome back to the Battleground Wisconsin. We're Citizen Action. You need to join us today. If you don't, you need to stop listening. No, I'm just kidding. I don't I don't mean that. No, I'm serious. You should join us. And by the way, because it doesn't cost a dime if you're willing to put time and energy into us. We need everybody involved. So whether you have resources or not, please join. But it takes resources. So please consider joining Citizen Action today. Robert, I was to we were talking before the break about just sort of like, you know, it does matter what kind of Democrat gets elected. And we have a really, really important uh, third congressional district race. Folks, uh, I think everybody who listens should know that is Western Wisconsin. The former Ron Kine seat is currently held by Derek Van Orden. It'll be his first defense uh, uh, after his election. This is, in political terms, the one shot you get to take somebody out often. After their sophomore run, if they win again, it gets very hard to beat them because they become an incumbent, high name recognition, and it's hard to uh, get national folks to take it seriously that you can take somebody out. So this is a huge, huge opportunity because the National Democratic Party has said this race is on their radar. They're going to back it. They're going to put resources in. So, folks, we have a huge opportunity. Whoever wins this primary is going to be in the thick of an effort to win a seriously win a, one of the most important congressional seats in the country. So we're going to have a forum 
because we want to find out who the hell is the best candidate. And we got four of them, four legit candidates. Um, great. What? It's great. We got some variety to choose from. So we're going to have a forum on Sunday, December 17th, 6 p.m. Robert, this is super important. This forum is open to the public. We want folks to join. We're going to have you all listen. We're going to survey you. And then, Robert, tell them more about how this connects. This is going to connect to our citizen action endorsement process and why a forum like this is so vitally important to to our process, but just to like building a, a progressive movement to, to be engaged in this kind of activity, uh, a primary forum debate, Robert. So this is a critical election because remember we had a five vote Republican majority, uh, very narrow down to three with the expulsion of George Santos. And now the resignation of former disgraced, Speaker McCarthy yesterday, that is Wednesday. And so three, three votes, okay? So it had effects national government. Derek Van Orden, not colored himself in glory in his first term, did not before he was involved directly, went to the January 6th protests. Um, and Congress people are always most vulnerable in their first reelect folks. This is the time to get the seat, long-term Democratic seat back. But also there are other stakes because we are also working on making the Democratic Party a vehicle for doing what is absolutely necessary to achieve the, the pressing needs of this country and this world. So we would like someone who will work on getting a more balanced foreign policy terms in the Middle East so that we are defending the humanity of Palestinians and Israelis alike, Okay, which, we, which is not our current foreign policy as that's part of the division of the base, that is actually serious about meeting the climate targets, really cutting emissions in half by 2030 and, go, and being net neutral by 2050 and doing it in a way that restores an, uh, an opportunity-based economy with broad-based equality and, uh, and, uh, and not the, the massive racial and gender divides and other divides we have in our economy. Um, and is going to guarantee healthcare as a fundamental right. So we want the candidate. No, that candidate will also be the best candidate for winning. So our primary in this forum is about who is the candidate. I know you can have all of your personal opinions on who seems most viable. That's important. Viability is a slippery concept, but we should have someone who is going to, in Congress, make a difference on the series because we have real deadlines, folks, and real and as we live in an age of consequences. Well, look, people, those all of this is important. You can come take your measure, right, of these candidates. We're going to have all four of them in the forum. We're going to be asking questions that are related to our platform. If you haven't read it, go on again to our website. Check it out. It's our long-term vision, where we're headed. We need to make sure we're headed there in alliance with, hopefully, uh, the next Congress member uh, from the third congressional district again, Sunday, December 17th, 6 PM. We'll have a link where you can go RSVP for this very special event. Um, and it's super critical. So Robert, I do want to mention something governor Evers did this week that, you know, it's very noteworthy. And I will just say it's getting a lot of attention. Clearly a lot of you, from our social media are also really excited about the fact that the governor this week, 
he vetoes a number of GOP bills that would have banned gender-affirming medical care for minors. And this is something we've talked about before. It's been in the news a lot. And it it just exposes the just underbelly, you know, the grossness of sort of the current MAGA experiment and that they would do this to our kids and um, do this to families, you know, trying to navigate challenging um just the shit's always hard, right? Much less you throw in all of this and that they muck in this way, Robert. It's first of all, it's really important to understand this gets to the moral heart of the modern GOP and the, the, the cultural divide uh, kind of strategy on behalf of the economic elite we talked to earlier. They find vulnerable people, they vilify and dehumanize them. And then they get political credibility out of doing that and going after them and creating these false cultural wedge issues. And they do it based on people's unfamiliarity with a group of people. People used to be, within our lifetimes, disgusted with any gay people, including women and men that were gay but presented as women and men that were that were. That, that were cisgendered, as it's called, right? But but were also gay or bisexual. That has evolved. It was a huge fight. People used to be killed, fired summarily, regularly for most of the human history until very recently. Federal government is still firing people who were accused of being gay in the 1970s, folks, okay? But then... People didn't know about about uh, people who are transgendered, right? And what that meant. And they were able to get it, make it all scary and look like a conspiracy. That the same kind of arguments that somehow they're going to go and make all of our kids be that and not be quote unquote normal based on these nor that this uh, a binary norm that is not true. We have known for for decades back to the forties, not true, not how human sexuality works imposed it's like narrow bigotry we think other uh other religions that are fundamentalist have all of the superstitions and we don't this is a form of superstition but it's weaponized and so the good thing about our current coalition is is that even though we're not unified enough the 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 democratic party understood is a united front of disparate groups of people who are all full pro-democracy that our whole coalition, including Governor Evos, will stand up against this, but this doesn't end it. And they don't really care whether the laws pass or not. They care about saying this up at an issue and they've achieved their goal. Now they're going to try to weaponize it to win Wisconsin for Trump in 2024. So they're not really about the policy. They're about the politics and the power of these divisions and these dehumanizing tactics. Folks, we're about the opposite. And it's really important that we all look at ourselves and our own agency and helping cure what ails our democracy. And 2024 is going to be a huge opportunity to lean into that experiment. That's both a joint experiment of us as people trying to build that collective coalition that John Nichols spoke of that can, can break through. Uh, the elites that have, quite frankly, restrained us for generations and also within ourselves, right? It calls it calls for all of us to continue to grow, learn, be open to learn new things, 
but most fundamentally to engage in this democratic experiment. And that means we got to talk to other people, no matter how uncomfortable that makes us. And I'll tell you, I've seen people over the last year, like Logan Mishler, uh, who struggled uh, the first time I went out on doors with him to talk to somebody. Last weekend, he spoke at our uh, annual meeting and made the presentation for the Northeast Co-op as to what they did all year. It's amazing growth, courage for Logan to try and figure out how to find his voice. And you know what? That's a journey for Logan. He'll be on that forever like all of us. We all need to challenge ourselves and try to talk to people about what's at stake in this democracy. It's the only way we're going to win. I got news for you. Those ads ain't going to save us. They will not. So when you celebrate and you hear about three billion or three, excuse me, three millions coming from this group or that to run ads next year, and you're like, Woo! more help for the Democrats, understand those ads will never save us. We have to we have to be the democracy we want. So please get involved. Join Citizen Action. I implore you, join before this year is over. We'll have a link. If you live in a region of one of our co-ops, please get involved. Robert close us out so we got a part of the development of i think progressives needs to be able to hold multiple thoughts right we need a governor evers or we would have these uh in the statute books attacks on what is medically necessary and it recommended by medical professionals for transgendered people agenda affirming care this is not what they say it is, they're lying about it for political purpose or just out of superstition. And uh, so hold that thought and also hold that a lot of development of the Democratic coalition is needed and a lot of push in a bolder, more progressive direction that actually shows that democracy is working and addressing the real problems of the world and the and of, of communities and individuals. So those are both thoughts we need to hold. So I want to close out We've talked a lot about it uh, uh, last last couple months. The unnecessary and quite and, and wrong uh, huge subsidy to one billionaire baseball owner on the out of public extortion wasn't even need to keep the Brewers half billion dollars at a signing ceremony, much uh, fanfare this week when I was gone here in Arizona. Interestingly, Matt, and it, that's money out the door that will never get back. It's a question of what we learn from it, not a question of being able to stop it. And we certainly don't want to use it to divide and make us think that, therefore, we should all be against Governor Evers. We disagree on this. We agree on many things. And we're in coalition against fascism. But we still need to get a party that will make healthcare fundamental right and take on the commodification of healthcare with a big healthcare interest that will actually, for real, if you believe in climate change is real, you have to take action that is real. You can't give it lip service, okay? That's in the middle. The other side is denying it altogether. So I, I was riding in a lift to the airport yesterday to pick up a rent a car, and uh, the lift driver was a long time, one of those classic kind of local people uh, he'd actually visit a lot of stadiums. We we're talking about the we both been to the Rocky Stadium in Denver and the like. And uh, the the, the, the Arizona Diamondback Stadium is downtown, economic development all around it and in it full time. And you can see into it, beautiful ballpark. So I asked him what's going on with it. It's a beautiful ballpark. When was it built? And he said, Yeah, it's still great. And I, you know, I've toured. I've gotten to go to other ballparks, and I love it. And he says. But the owners came and demanded 
hundreds of millions of dollars to update it or they'd leave. And he says the state and the city just said, no way. 20-year-old ballpark, just a little younger than Miller Park. In Chicago, the owner of the White Sox floated he'll move to Nashville. That's what the Brewers were claiming. He's just getting panned across the Illinois media. So I have regret that the Badger State, our current elected leaders, were more gullible than the leaders in Arizona and Illinois. But that's there's plenty of revenue to be uh, raised from the rich. That's yep. water under the bridge. It's what we do with future policy now. It's not about beating the dead horse. So I'm trying. I'm trying to close it out, Matt. Close out our uh, whole discussion. That. Yeah. Look, and I hear you. And we've talked a lot about this. Um, obviously, when I saw the ceremony, it's just it aggravated me. Even though I understand all the dynamics at play. Look, I all a lot of this tracks back to the state budget, folks. Um, it's it was just it's very frustrating when governor floated the three three hundred million. It put a lot of Democrats, I think, in a very tough place because the Democrats in the legislature, this is just the reality, they are in full defense of Governor Evers. And even ones who want to try to do things differently have to operate within that framework. And so it completely changed the dynamic where even ones who wanted, like you had folks like Larson and and others who were on the vanguard and it, you know, Evers was not. A consideration best deal right just let's figure this out but a lot of folks a lot of democratic leaders trying to figure out how to like make the best of this and uh, that's not a good spot for us to be in uh it's not a real defense of the public interest but it's where we were and folks the only way that changes is when there are state legislative races we got to win those primaries and we got to put in a democrats like christina shelton who, when the pressure came, was like, no, 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 that's not a proper use of public services. Lori Palmieri in Oshkosh, right? This is not Milwaukee or Madison. Said, no, 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 that's not a good use of public resources. In fact, they tried to get her to vote for it the week that UW Oshkosh, a real public interest, laid off over 100 educators and is trying to figure out how to balance its budgets. So, folks, those are people from Oshkosh and Green Bay, not Milwaukee and Madison, quote, liberal Milwaukee and Madison or liberal Eau Claire. Where the liberals where we lost a lot of those votes. So power corrupts all. We have a lot of work to do, but we can do it. Folks, Robert, you're going to look. Robert's got one more thing to say, Robert. Just holding the double thoughts. Uh, Matt just gave really good reasons why the dynamic as to why it happened and how we need to move on while learning from it. But on the other hand, those who stood up, uh, Senators Larson, Carpenter, Representatives Moore, McCunde, and Shelton, just for example, right? They did what Barbara Lee did on the Afghanistan war. Although she lost and was the only vote against it, she was right. And in the end, her view has prevailed. And so that, so to both, we, we have to understand realistically, not overreact to the situation because we got serious business to do, but also really thank those who are willing to stand up against the tide because they're the ones who are going to um who are setting up future history a better history and it reminds me of the supreme court judge uh, john marshall uh, marshall harland who wrote the dissent of plessy versus ferguson that's separate versus equal that thurgood marshall carried around that dissent in his briefcase to inspire him during the 20 years of litigation that led to Brown versus Board of Education. So the one person who loses can be the one that wins. And we need that. We need those people and those leaders. 
Oops. We got to wrap up this Battleground Wisconsin. Again, you can find us at citizenactionwi.org and all the links there to join Citizen Action. We'll see you next week.